We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. I wanted to jump in quickly and let you know about the release of the audio version of my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, narrated by David A. Knesser. If you want to support the show, you can buy it wherever audiobooks are sold. Links are also in the show notes. Now on to my guest for today, Dylan Ogline, founder of Ogline Digital, a digital marketing company. Dylan's route to entrepreneurship started at 14 when he started selling cell phones on eBay after reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He scrapped his dreams of winning a college scholarship as a hockey player and instead dropped out of high school to educate himself on becoming a business owner. After many different starts and failures, after his initial success selling cell phones, he was advised by a mentor to focus on one thing. That one thing was his digital marketing company, which he has built over just a few years into a seven-figure business. Though still young, Dylan has put in the time to try and fail, and it's through the lessons he's learned through both coaches and mentors, as well as his own experiences, that has brought him to finally achieving success. He reinforces the teaching that you can't ever give up, drawing on the wisdom of Stoics. He also thinks the most important lesson to learn is to never lose touch of what it's like to struggle. It's getting through the difficult times that gives you the strength, tolerance, and growth to eventually succeed. He practices gratitude daily and wants to pay it forward and help others, and now also offers programs to help people start their own digital agencies. Now, let's get better together. Dylan Ogline. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. 
Yeah, appreciate your time today. I think we found each other through matchmaker.fm, if I'm not mistaken, which is Mm -hmm. the one I've been getting lots of great guests, which I know you'll also be an awesome guest because we had Oh, no no pressure now. (laughs) No pressure, right? Well, what's interesting, I heard heard you on uh, Money on My Mind uh, Mm -hmm. podcast, which uh, I was actually on that one. I was episode three, and I think you're episode five, so... Uh, talking to him, you know, he's a 16-year-old kid out of... Yeah, he's an awesome kid, man. Just crushing it. Like, you know, I really enjoy talking to him. And um, it's just really cool to see the sort of evolution of podcasting and helping people and uh, lots of kind of, you know, like these conversations are really important. So I really appreciate your time. Uh, But I really want to understand a couple of things from you. Um, First off, I want to understand how you got to do your business today, which is a digital marketing business. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll talk all about that. Uh, But before we get in all of that, like I always like to say is, well, why don't you tell me how you got to do what you're doing today? (laughs) Sure. So uh, that's a long story. (laughs) So I got time. Take your time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try to condense it, I guess. Uh, So I started my first business when I was 14 uh, selling cell phones on eBay. That's, that's where it all got started. And, uh, uh, this was really after I picked up a book, uh, rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki. My brother had it sitting around and, uh, I read that and it just sparked the, the entrepreneurial bug, I guess you could say. Yeah. I also come from a family of business owners and whatnot. And, uh, so yeah, so started that business and, uh, it was actually doing pretty good. I was probably making you know maybe a couple thousand a month, which when you're that age is, I was. Oh, I had all the, the money world. in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're on top of the world, man. I didn't know how to spend the money fast <laughs> enough, and uh, that lasted for a few months, uh, probably about a year, close to a year, and then I got shut down because uh, my merchant account got shut down because they figured out. Uh, I think it was around tax time, like. They were like, oh, you know, like we need your date of birth and, and all this stuff. And they found out I was under the age of 18. So they, they shut me down. <laughs> and uh, wow. but it was just like good timing because this was this was 2003, 2004, give or take. This was the infancy of Google ads. Uh, really, you know, back then, like a lot banner ads were, were popular, but this kind of targeted direct response marketing was starting to become a thing. Uh, I don't, I don't even think Facebook had launched yet. Maybe, maybe um, they had launched. I can tell you Facebook ads was certainly not a thing. No, I think maybe did, Facebook was still on college campuses. I mean, you're yeah, probably it was, right. It was infancy. I think yes. MySpace was around and they were the, Oh yeah. Team. MySpace was, was yeah. huge back then, but yeah, yeah, MySpace yeah. ads, I don't think they, that ever became a thing. I don't even, yeah, I think they figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> they probably, they probably had banner ads, but they probably had banner ads. Right. So, uh, towards the end of that business, I started playing around with Google ads and, uh, just caught that bug, I guess, and started like reading all these marketing books. Uh, I probably picked up 20, it's so a 21 or 22 immutable laws of marketing, which every business owner needs to read that book and uh, just picked it up from there. And after that got shut down, I spent probably the next 12 years uh, bouncing around from one thing to the next, not getting anywhere, not really having any kind of success whatsoever. 
I at, at my peak, I had nearly a million dollars in debt. I had 10-ish wow. business projects. Wow. I was up to my eyeballs in debt. I didn't know what a vacation was. I didn't know I forgot what sleep looked like. And uh yeah, so it reached a tipping point. And after a conversation with a long-term mentor, I just scrapped everything except for one single project or one single service, which was digital uh, direct direct response, digital marketing, advertising, management. And uh, in one single business, one single service, just scrapped everything, focused on that. And that was it. And everything started to to spin in the right direction after that. That's how I got got into what I'm doing. Wow. So 15, 16 years and three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like I'm the overnight success in the last 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, I mean, I'm all for, you know, champion the successes as well as what I like to call survivors, right? Because a lot of people don't survive the entrepreneur journey or not in the way they think they're going to survive it. And so when you see all these famous entrepreneurs, you're like, you feel bad that you're like, oh, come on, I'm not doing, you know, a million a month or, you know, six, seven, eight figures, you know, I should be able to crush this. How hard can it be? You know, and you're literally like just starting out with did a course or whatever. Um, And so it is always good to have that perspective that this entrepreneur journey, I mean, it's a lifestyle, right? Like I can't see myself doing anything else. And I'm curious if you ever thought about doing something different than what you're doing right now. In terms of other going down other kinds of businesses, certainly, uh, certainly um, if you would have, Asked me five years ago, would you own a digital marketing agency? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's not going to be a thing. Uh, but always owning a business um, that that was yeah since since I was fourteen, that's that's what I wanted to do. And and then also probably two other interests were some kind of coaching. Uh, but I figured that would go more towards. I, I thought it would go more towards athletics because. Uh, for me, I, I still am a hockey player, but hockey coaches when I was younger just had a massive impact on my life and made me a better man. Mm. And uh, so I always like had an interest to kind of help other people with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that, some kind of coaching and then getting into public service someday, I, mm. I always kind of envisioned that. But, but more as like I'm retired and now I can put 100% yeah. of my effort into that. I don't need to worry about paying the electric bill off of right. you know, being a you know, in public service of some right, capacity. Right. You're the, uh, the wise old statesman. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Back in the day. Well, I mean, I've yeah. toyed with this idea too. I'm a little older than you. So how old are you? I'm almost 50. Really? You know, yeah. I, I'm, it must be the webcam. You must yeah, have the, the uh, webcam. Yeah. yeah the everyone's webcam's making you get, look better. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> got to get the Logi HD 1080p and you'll look 20 years younger. <laughs> and <laughs> they don't the even secret. pay me to say that. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I've, I've toyed with that idea as well. Cause I've had some politic, well, some experience in politics here in San Francisco and the frustrations with that are immense. And you can imagine, I know you, I think you're in Florida, mm-hmm. so the politics in Florida are a little different than here in California and you know, different. They're the same problems just manifest in its different way. And mm-hmm. yeah, it is funny that you bring up the coaching aspect because, you know, when I was in high school, I played 
soccer, which, you know, is European football and, and had some great coaches. And, you know, my dad also coached the, the soccer team that I was on when we were kids. And the, the power of a good coach, especially athletics. And I, I know people are like, Oh, it's about, you know, the winning and losing. And you know, there's a like bad connotation about that. But I always found that the coaches that I've had have been really instrumental in also making me a better man. I mean, just how to play fair, how to work as a team, how to handle loss, how to handle not, you know, like, you not know, up. yeah, not giving up another great one or, Hey, you didn't put the practice in. You're going to suffer on game day. And, yep. <laughs> and I had this coach in, 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 uh, in high school, it was my varsity soccer team is coach Woodall. And we called him Woody and, and everyone called him Woody. And he, this guy, he would run with us. Like he was that intense and he was fast. And, you know, he was also the cross country coach, I think, or he put it, but I remember he, <laughs> there were these like Woody isms <laughs> that I just remember, like, I just, it just burned in my brain because it was so like monumental um, and all these little Woodyisms were just these manifestations of how much he cared for us and trying to impart how to be a better man, which is lost nowadays. Honestly, I, I, I I'll probably get a lot of <laughs> hate for this, but I don't think we teach young boys how to be proper men anymore. I mean, I just don't see it. And a lot of that, I, I agree think with is, that. Yeah. A lot of it, I think is because of this, uh, I don't know. It, there's a lot of tension amongst amongst all that but his best saying <laughs> was was get your butt out of your ass and we're like woody like that's an oxymoron <laughs> and that's how that's like, he would say these things all the time like yeah i remember one time we were we had this thing called repeat hill um i mean you you play hockey so you, you are always on the ice but we had to go do hill runs <laughs> oh, we had to do that too. Oh, okay. So Sounds maybe similar. Did. Yeah. Yeah, similar. yeah. So we had, we had repeat Hill because uh, we, we were in the Hills of Belmont, California. And we had this repeat Hill and he's like, okay, guys, whoever pukes on my shoe can quit. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I guess this is going to be hard. And just stuff like that, where we bonded so, because we were all in the suffering together and it was fun. And I've just, those lessons are amazing. What, what are some 30, of the lessons? 35 years later, that stuff still sticks with you. Oh yeah. Oh, oh I don't, yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. So for you, were there, were there any things like that when you were, when you were playing hockey or I mean, you're still playing hockey, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, now it's like adult league, you know, a bunch of, it's, they call it beer league or whatever. It's, I mean, we don't know. We're all, we're all terrible. Uh, but, but fun, it's, right? It's all fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun. And, you know, there's a lot of sportsmanship and I, I think, I think a lot of, uh, you know, being a man stuff comes out in, in sport, but no, I, I honestly don't remember any, anything, anything in particular that they said to me, it was just, you know, be a good, uh, don't be a sore loser, just small stuff like that. And not just, not just the hockey coaches, teachers as well. Even though I dropped out of high school, like there were teachers that they just had an impact on me. Like be a good person, treat everybody equally. Uh, my parents, you know, they did that stuff too. And, uh, then I've had mentors. I have, I've had business mentors that, that taught me stuff like that. Like always treat the customer fair, you know, just all that stuff. And, uh, th so that's what drove me to, and I don't remember anything that, and I'm terrible at remembering quotes, terrible at remembering names and authors and stuff like that. But I, I, I'm able to take away the big lesson there. So 
that's that's the impact they had on me <clears throat> and that's why I always had that kind of that desire to do some kind of coaching or teaching uh the only problem is is that especially amateur hockey coaches unless you're going pro you don't make any money at oh, all yeah. no, no. it's all <laughs> uh, for the love of the game it's know, all for it's... the love of the game and just and just helping people so that's why it was and and I didn't want to be poor so <laughs> so that's why I focused on business cuz I wanted to be able to turn on my heat whenever I wanted to and not yeah. be hungry. Yeah. And yeah, so that's, that's how I got here now. I mean, cause I know, I mean, I noticed on your website that you are starting to offer coaching or programmers and education on how you created your digital marketing agency. Yep. Is, so is that sort of like that manifestation of this teaching and coaching desire? Well, what happened? Yes. That is the end result of it. Uh, over the years, though, I've done like I would meet people at industry events or, or whatever, even when I've, I, I didn't really have any financial success. The fact that I owned my own business and I was you know, 23, 24, I, I would meet people that were maybe in their 30s and they were like, I, I, I want to start my own business. I don't even know where to start. What do I do? So I, I started mentoring people just that I had met out you know that at industry events or or whatever and that kind of manifested itself into well everybody seems to want to start their own business they want to then i got the agency to work so then i reached out to those people and i was like hey you know i i'm going to put together like some i think the the very first version of my program in quotes version yeah air quotes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah was uh just a bunch of maybe five or six videos in Google drive, just recorded some quick videos with some quick lessons, threw them up on Google drive. There was no website or anything reached out to those people that I had mentored before and was like, Hey, a couple hundred bucks, you get access to this. And then we'll do like a weekly call. And, and that was it. And then just, then I had another version and now I just launched the third version of the program. So it, uh, it, it continued it's weird how it just con continues to reiterate itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the, the thing that like sports <clears throat> also taught me, cause now I do, now I do uh Brazilian jujitsu is sort of my, you know, trying to recapture some of the, the glory days. No, 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 I know how <laughs> bad I am. I just do it cause it's fun, yeah. but the whole uh, learn, do teach kind of methodology that really like, instills in you a sense of if I know something, I need to teach something. At least that's my philosophy because the people like the mentors I've had, the coaches, the teachers who took the time to like explain some of these things to me or read a book or someone took the time to write it down or I take an online course or whatever. That just seems like a powerful way to kind of have this cycle of goodness, you know, this, this continuing effort to make the world better. And I, you know, I truly believe that entrepreneurship is the way that we're going to do that. I can't see a better way. I mean, you need governments and organizations and institutions to provide sort of the frameworks, the loose frameworks, kind of the guardrails for which to operate. Mm -hmm. Boy, I mean, you know, helping people create businesses, helping them help other people, making communities more sustainable, more resilient, more inclusive, building up these real like pillars from the ground up just seems like, you know, a great, great use of time. And, and not only that, I think the sports stuff helps with that because, oh, 
got, we're a team. Like not, we can't we're do it all alone. in this together. Yeah. We're all in this together. And I, I know for a fact, you know, the times when we were really like when we were playing soccer and we were really vibing is when we were working as a team. Once we started to kind of go the bad path where we're all being selfish or at mad at each other, it just collapsed. I mean, it was so stark. <laughs> it was just what happened? <laughs> like, it's like, you guys weren't playing as a team, you know, like get your butt out of your ass. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa stop, you know, and um, just find, you know, it's interesting that, you know, you, you said that you, you, you dropped out of high school and, and, and I do know a lot of people that have, you know, the formal education process is a bit cumbersome. And I mean, people have talked about how it's basically just making like, you know, factory workers, right. As online and uh-huh. the creative, the creatives among us, although I did get through high school and also went to college and grad school, it was hard for me because I'm just like, this is just, I don't want to sit here and this, why do I have to learn this stuff? How, how meaningless how, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, in my style, it may be maybe the same with you. And this is why I'm I'm curious. Like learning styles differ a lot. And even with entrepreneurs, like some entrepreneurs, they're like, I just got to go grind it out. I got to do it. Others mm-hmm. can read it in a book. Others hire a team. I mean, how has your learning style kind of impacted how you've run your business? And and do you think that 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 you know that moment where you're like, okay, this school stuff's just not for me was how did that feel? Like what was how did that all kind of pan out? So, so it's it's kind of two very different reasons. Uh, f- why I quit high school was was actually why why I dropped out was actually because of hockey. So I it's just like everything was hitting me all at once in my life. Uh, <clears throat> the goal with hockey, even though I wasn't I wasn't that good, uh, I wanted to go to college. And when I was thirteen, fourteen, I'm starting to think. You know, people are telling me like you need to start thinking like where, you know, where, where are you going to go to college for? Or what do you want to go? What do you want to do? You don't have to make up your mind now, but you need to start thinking about it. And uh, my parent, it wasn't in the cards for my parents to pay for college, so it was I'm going to need to get a scholarship, right? So my goal was just play as much hockey, try to get as good as I can, so that I can get some kind of scholarship, even if it's at a Yes, D three school, <laughs> not <laughs> not D one. I'm certainly not that good. Just some kind of scholarship so you can actually go to school, right? And I, uh, I was at this one game that it, you could like mentor with the varsity team because I never mm-hmm. even got to varsity. I was never old enough, right? And I was at this one game and I'm watching a like a prep school from Pittsburgh. Forget which school and and they're. I'm watching them play and they're just so much better than me. <laughs> and I, it just, it, it hit me that like all of these people, like they're so much better than me because they started way earlier. Mm-hmm. I started playing when I was maybe like 10 or 11. I forget. They started playing when they were like four or five, which it's only five years difference. But when you're that age, that oh. makes a colossal difference. It's like orders of magnitude each year. It's, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. It's Each crazy. year you get like 10 times better. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. So I, I realized that at the same time, I was starting to think like, Hmm, I want to go into maybe business. That's what I want to go to college for. At the same time, I picked up rich dad, poor dad. So I'm starting to think of that at the same time. I'm dating this girl where, uh, her, her dad and I got along really well. And he was, 
like the vice president of like one of the biggest businesses in the area. So I had him influencing me. I'm reading this book. I'm like getting this realization that all these people, they're so much better than me because they started earlier. And I'm like, if I go down this, if I continue down this route, maybe I can get into college. Maybe I can get some kind of scholarship to pay for it. Then I'm going to be into business when I'm like 23, 24. But if I start doing that stuff now, I'll be like 10 years ahead of the game. Hmm. So I know it's not going to be easy, but I'll be ahead of the game. So that's when I started my first business. And then I started taking all these business classes in school. And they're, I'm correcting the teachers. They're teaching like the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and this is off of like reading three business books. And I'm yeah. like, you're, you're completely wrong. Like what you're talking about is like, Five years ago, they changed yeah. the laws or whatever. Right. And uh, yeah, so like all this stuff hits me at one time and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, it wasn't, I was going to quit. I convinced my parents to let me do homeschooling and uh, somehow they said, yes, I paid for it and uh, never even opened the books, never even took a single test <laughs> and just focused on business. It was, it was like, I, I believe that if I start now, I, mom, it's not going to be easy, but 10 years from now, I'll be 10 years ahead of the game. Everybody else that's getting out of college and is like, oh, I'm going to start my own business or I'm going into the business world. Sure, they might have a degree to show for it, but I'm going to have 10 years of experience to show yeah, for it. Which, and you know, I don't recommend that to anybody. <laughs> it was absolutely stupid. <laughs> Go to school, kids. Well, well, finish I high mean, school. You know, like, yeah. In, in some respects, you know, it's not for everyone and you got to have a backup plan, right? Like I, I didn't have I, a backup plan. <laughs> there was no I backup. have a backup plan clearly. Yeah. Um, that's a good idea. <laughs> I, uh, I work with a bunch of professional athletes and as you can imagine, professional athletes, their whole lives have been focused on sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're like the cream of the crop. You know, I, I work with two NFL athletes right now. I used to work with a couple more. Um, but boy, like you, you go in their neighborhood where they're from and typically they're the, one of the only ones that made it out, like quote unquote, made it out. Yeah. And, you know, they were focused. Okay. I'm going to do sports. I'm gonna do sports. But then they start to realize it's like, well, what happens when I retire or I get hurt? Like I got to do something else. Like what's my backup plan? Um, and, but there, but, the, but, but that's a, it's an interesting point because, a lot of the, a lot of the time, the focus on sports or one single thing, or like, you know, burn the, burn the boats and just, we're going for it. One, the focus, I, yeah. as you saw, like you focused on one business, you know, after all the ones that you talked about and it started to be successful. Focus is important, but not, I think to the detriment of, you know, your whole, your whole life. I mean, your whole life. Right. I mean, I know, there was uh, Elizabeth Holmes, who was the CEO of uh, Theranos, the notorious Theranos that didn't is now completely defunct, and she's getting, well, she's being prosecuted for fraud. Oh, you know she she because they made a lot of stuff up, and anyway, um, her whole thing was no, just there's only Plan A, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's actually a really dumb thing to say. I mean, you may have a focus, but you got to know, like, you got to have the fallback. I mean, even great, every great tactician, every great strategist, 
every great warrior, every great like general is like, I got a backup plan in case the world's going to like, holy, sh-, you know, oh my gosh, there's cloud cover. Now what, you know, I mean, like you got to mm-hmm. adjust, right? You got to adapt and overcome. And, and what's interesting is that um, when we were talking a little bit before is that you're, you're a big fan of the Stoics. Um, how, how, and, and, and this is all coming towards, you know, you didn't have a backup plan, but you adjusted, right? And, and yeah. were, were you as a young person, like more of a Stoic or did that Stoicism kind of come out of, oh, wow, <laughs> I may need to adjust some things and I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Stoicism, uh, that really just, I, I picked up a book somewhere and just read the first paragraph and I was like, wow, this like, this can maybe guide me. And, and all the, for me, the, the main takeaway, all, all I take away, no, let me correct myself. There are two things that I take away from stoicism. One is, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce it, memento, memento mori. Yeah. Memento Remember mori, mortality. Yeah. You're going to die. You're gonna Re- die. You know, yep. So, so recognize that always be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps me with like my meditation and showing appreciation. Mm-hmm. This is like, I appreciate every moment because I recognize that I'm not guaranteed the next one. Uh, and the other, the other main thing I take away from it is just simply not being, a, not making emotional decisions. Mm. Always just, uh, you know, recognize and accept your emotions. You made this anger, sadness, happiness, love, lust could be anything. Recognize those emotions, but when you're making decisions, uh, try to make the logical decision, um, and that—that that, that, I mean, there's a lot to say with with death in regards mm-hmm. to that, like being logical about death, or, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, when it comes to to making business decisions or or whatever, where you're under pressure, always think: Am I making the emotional decision, or right. is this the logical decision? Uh, that's how. That those are the, that's the two main things that I apply. Well, with with stoicism to my life, I would I would like to jump back though. You mentioned okay. about burning the bridges and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I I believe you 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 have to walk a fine line. I think if you have nothing to lose, mm. then burn every bridge. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> when you're when you're up against, you need to. If, if you were struggling to feel that fight and the motivation, then I think it's a good idea to burn all bridges and, and you failure becomes, there is no other, you can't fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story of a, you mentioned a general, there's a story of a general who, uh, this might be, you know, fiction or not where they they go to battle and it's like on an island mm-hmm. and when they get there they burn all the boats mm-hmm. and like all the the soldiers are panicking like oh like what if we need to retreat and the, the general's like and you might know who this actually is <laughs> i don't know where this story comes from but he's like oh well <laughs> you better win then because there is no retreating i removed that option yeah yeah i uh, think that might have been a spartan yeah Spartan. well spartan. it's there, there's a couple of them like that where 
you know, yeah, you burn, you burn the bridge, you burn the boats, burn the failure boats. not becomes now with, like with your athletes and whatnot, where having realizing that whatever you're working on is going to end. I think that's a little different. It's definitely smart. You want to have like, Hey, I recognize I'm not going to be an NFL athlete forever. Mm-hmm. I need to have a, a plan after that. I think that is smart, but whenever you're, you don't really have success going yet and you're, you're trying to make something work. Mm-hmm. Moving failure as an option uh, can can really light a fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always say failure failures uh, is not really an option. Well, failure is an option, but it's never the final result because for me, the failure just leads to the next opportunity. So, what, what's interesting about the whole burning the boats and burning the bridges and everything is that failure is relative <laughs> to where you're at, right? I mean, life and death is different. You're either survive or you die. Okay. So Mm -hmm. we take life and death out of it, (laughs) which we will. Um, (laughs) The rest of it is just a series of learning experiments. And you're right. You know, if you're young and you got really nothing to lose and you can, you know, place some bets and you know, okay, this failed, that failed. It's not really failing. You're building up these skill stacks or these talent stacks, you know, to kind of because each each quote unquote failure is really just a, the next evolution of the learning, and I found in, in it as a young person, it, this is a hard thing to swallow because you're like, gosh, I just want to like get something under my belt, right? I got I got to feel mm-hmm. like I'm making some progress, you know. Um, but those th- those failures, yeah, I, I like the, the direction you're going here because it, I have failed way way more. 10, 20, 30 times more than I have succeeded mm-hmm. air quotes su- succeeded. Yeah, right. uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's not, uh, I think when, it, if we're specifically talking about business where I see you have these people who they start their first business and maybe like a month into it, like things aren't taking off or whatever. And it's like, welcome to the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Like that's that's yes. how it is. It yes. might take 30 iterations of your business or it might, yeah. this f- business you're working on might completely fail. Yeah, It's you keep going until you have that business success. You keep, you just keep beating at your craft until yeah. you until you succeed. So as an athlete, you might lose the game. Right. You might have a losing season, right. but you still go to the gym. You still go to practice. You don't give up. You keep going. Uh, for me, that's, that's where the failure is not an option. You're going to have, you might lose battles, but you don't ever give up on the war. Right? No, no, true. And, I, and I'm glad you clarified that because there is, I mean, there's the bluster of failure is not an option. We're just going to crush, 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 you know, like if you're, you know, of the Jocko Willink mindset, which yeah, is not yeah, really his. Jocko. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not, I mean, it's subtly that way, but he's way more nuanced than that because he understands what well, you got to pivot zig and zag and, you know, yeah. a cover and move is like he likes to say, and you got to adjust, you know, because again, the world is, is so random or it can be so random that you can never anticipate everything that'll happen. You just can't. And so, like the best thing, not the best thing. Well, the best example is COVID, right? So what really like struck me about COVID, and I remember, you know, in San Francisco, we shut down uh, March 15th was like the, the weekend of March 14th and 15th. Everyone's like, hey, Monday, shelter in place, right? 
<laughs> so I remember I was with my fiance Minerva mm-hmm. and we're at the store and it's chaos. I mean, absolute chaos. lines. There's no toilet paper. There's this whole like, you know, and I'm like, cause I'm like, eh, is this really that bad? Is it just the flu? Right. And then I'm like, Oh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I need to adjust my thinking pretty quickly because like, wow. And then I started to realize it's like, within a week or within a day, a couple of days, right? All those businesses that relied on foot traffic, that relied on in-person, you know, travel, conferences, these, the, all of them, like overnight, 90%, 100% of their business is gone. Yep. And you're like, wow, well, there, therein lies the thing, the lesson, right? The lesson of, well, if clearly at nothing, you couldn't have done anything to prevent that, but how you react to it is, is your thing about, well, failure is not an option because I am going to figure out a way to make this work. Is -hmm. it going to be virtual conferences? I'm like, you know, whatever I'm going to do, I got to figure this out and I'm not going to quit, which is also what sports, like we talked about the sports taught me is even when you're losing, don't quit, keep putting out the perfect effort, keep putting the effort out because in sports, as you know, sometimes the last minute of the game, you win it. (laughs) You're like, how did that happen? We had more heart, right? We like, I remember we didn't give up. I remember we were playing, we're playing a game. It was like the last quarter we were down like two to nil and like, it's, you know, and soccer, that's like a blowout, right? I mean, two, yeah. you know, like no one ever scores, right? That's why Americans don't like it as much. But I remember, no, yeah, yeah, right? And hockey, hockey that's I why. yeah, that's why, because it's so boring, right? But it's the beautiful game. You got to love the beautiful game. But um, I remember it's like, you know, everyone's a little dejected, but then one guy, he's like, I'm not going to give up and I'm just going to keep hustling and hustling and hustling. And I remember you could see the other team was sort of slacking a little bit because they're like, we're up 2 0, right? All of a sudden, we score. Now it's 2 1. Now the momentum, like when people talk about sports momentum and then they're like, what does that really mean? It's a real oh, it's thing. Real. It's a real, it real. Because just like in battle, like the, the tide of battle can be turned by individuals pulling the collective together, pulling the troops together, and really like stellar performance. And this, this guy scored, and we're like, Hey, we could, we could, we got a shot. We could and tie we this. Just, yeah, we could tie yeah. this, right? We just kept on going and kept on going. Then boom, we scored another goal. So now it's 2 2. We've got five minutes left. And it's like, wow. And we just felt like on top of the world. And because we didn't give up. And because yep. when, you know, as you know, right? When the, the clutch players, the, the clutch players in all sports, and even in business, you see this in business too, like those salespeople that just won't give up. The, the 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 biz dev person that's just like dogging the deal some of maybe some of your clients or your team that's just like god we got to get this done it's like this this is so important that little bit of extra effort that i'm not going to quit until the game's over that sportsmanship that perfect effort i'm just going to keep going until i can't go anymore the the best thing an entrepreneur can do i mean you know sometimes you lose 100%. the game right sometimes yeah. you lose the game but but then, but then you, uh, but then you get the lesson, like you get. So, hundred percent, you, you have to realize, like even if you, even if you lost, even if your business closes down, even if it fails or whatever, 
uh, which again, uh, me personally, I can sit there and I can say I have failed a lot more than I have succeeded. I still tried to take a lesson away from, from all those things. But for, for me, the, where the like, burning the bridge comes from is like, is like, I, again, it's a fine line. You have to walk the, you have to, it is a 100%. thin line where, uh, if you have that backup plan or something like that, are you like, I didn't have parents who, you know, were going to pay my mortgage or something yeah. like that. Well, there's, or, like there's if that. I, <laughs> if I didn't make it work, I would go hungry. <laughs> there would be no food. Yeah. Right, and right. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they have that, they keep that backup plan and, and they give up, they give up in the third, third quarter. Yeah. Because, well, you know, we're not going to win. And it's like, no, you don't give up until we, till, till there's nothing left to give. Yeah, until the buzzer sounds, right? That's- until the buzzer sounds. And then if you still lose, well, then you look, evaluate what was the lesson, and you go back to the next game. You go back to battle again. You don't, you don't give up. There's a, yeah. there's a lot to be said about that, man. Yeah. No, and, and I agree. I mean, what's interesting about – you know, like my, my family's the same way. I mean, my parents weren't going to you know, pay my mortgage or, you know, help me out um, because just they didn't have the means. I mean, it's not that we were mm-hmm. hungry or anything, but it's like, Hey, you know, we got, we got our thing. You do your thing. And it's not that like, I think, I think the level of discomfort and the level of, um, you know, what you really need to survive a lot of people that haven't like gone down that path of like, oh, I can't eat today. I got, well, how am I going to make my mortgage? Oh, I got to work a double shift. You know, when you do that, then you, then you're then you're kind of you level set what you can handle. Your pain and threshold. Your pain threshold, right? And I think the Stoics similar, right? Stoics there, is, yeah, it's very yeah, they like always up how much you can tolerate, and then obviously don't let the emotions get 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 to you. But when when you have that mentality and you have that hustle and you have been like conditioned to be like, okay, we don't give up till the game's over. The, the one it's freeing. I think it's just this freedom. That's pretty amazing and hard to explain, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, what you need to survive is not as much as, as some people think, right? So if you've never had the means, if you've never were rich or whatever, like the level of what you need to survive is pretty low. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, right? It's yeah. like, well, I can live on ramen and I'm good, right? Like it's yeah, not I'm, like, yeah, oh. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I, I'm yeah. fine with just a glass of tap water. Yeah, exactly, right? And, and, and that was the other thing, you know, during this whole pandemic thing where, you know, you really you really see a lot of people struggling, but then also kind of pulling together and reassessing like what matters. And, and I'm curious, as you've been through this journey, have you kind of assessed what really matters to you? And and I know now you're successful and, you know, you have a successful digital marketing business, but has the, how has that assessment been? Have you, you reflected on that? So I would say for me, there's there's two things. I, I I continuously try to practice gratitude towards everything. So, uh, so I, I look at things like uh, this, this is this is something I, I I teach students to a certain degree is 
I, I hear a lot of people, they say, especially with business, like, well, I don't have like rich parents that I can borrow money off of to, to start my business or whatever. And they're like, you know, I come from poor means, come from a poor family. And I'm like, you're lucky for that. The worst thing that can possibly happen to somebody is that they become comfortable. Oh, yeah. The comfort <laughs> is an absolutely <laughs> terrible thing. Oh, yeah. Coming oh, yeah. from, I would, I, I, I consider myself so, so lucky that I came from a small, relatively poor country town in Pennsylvania. I didn't come from, I look at people who their parents are millionaires and they're, you know, they're going to get a million dollars whenever they die or, yeah. or they have a trust fund. And I'm like, I feel so bad for that person. Yeah. I'm with you. Cause they, they've never wanted, they've never struggled. Uh, and, and yeah, so the, that, that deep fire just isn't there because they've never, they've never tested that pain threshold. They don't know what real struggle is. So, so for me, I, I continuously, I don't even know what your original question was to be honest, but <laughs> no, I no, continuously like, <laughs> feel this, this, this gratitude. is good anyway. Just keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I continuously feel this gratitude uh, that like, you know, that shit that I went through whenever I was at, when I was a million dollars in debt, losing sleep, like how am I going to get out of this mess, this mess? I'm so thankful that I went through that. Yeah. And in, in the moment, I, I think this was probably the big shift because I had that kind of stoicism background mm -hmm. and before it like reached its peak badness in my life, <laughs> I was like in those moments, I, I, I specifically remember the low point for me was uh, I had this flip. I was doing a flip house. I bought this, this house for like 35 grand uh, and I ended up losing money on the deal and ended up losing like three or four grand. Uh, but I couldn't, I had like maxed out all my credit cards. So I'm like trying to finish the project, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't have any more money. So like, I'm trying to cut corners as much as I can. So I wouldn't turn the AC on. This house is in Florida. It's like July or something like that. It's a hundred degrees. Yeah. And I'm in the, the ceiling, I think was popcorn. They call it popcorn ceiling yeah. or whatever. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And I forget what, for some reason I was taking a spray bottle, like to scrape it off. The best way is to like get it wet and then you scrape it off. And dude, it's just everywhere. Like, yeah. That was like six years ago. That was, that was 2000, 2015. Wow. wow. <laughs> and I remember sitting there and I'm like drenched in sweat. I'm covered in drywall. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I'm in this moment right now. Like this sucks, but I'm glad because dude, this is, this is pretty bad. <laughs> and, and if I hadn't gone through that, like that pushed my pain threshold. So yeah, when I, by pushing that pain threshold, when I go through other struggles, it's like, well, it wasn't as bad as that. <laughs> could always be worse. It could always be worse. It could always and be worse. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, it's just like lifting or something like that. Like if you, you know, a hundred pounds might be heavy to somebody, but if you continue to lift a hundred pounds and then you lift 150 pounds and then you lift 200 pounds, all of a sudden a hundred pounds becomes pretty light to you because yeah. you increased your, your pain threshold, your tolerance. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Again, I have no idea what the original question was <laughs> or why I went off on that, but, but yeah, that's, uh, 
Well, I mean, you know, that's, that's my whole, answer. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Whatever the, whole, <laughs> the question was. <laughs> that's the whole, the obstacle is the way of stoicism yes. where you, you, you embrace the struggle and being comfortable with being uncomfortable with the situation you're in, which is something that I've always tried to champion. And, you know, it's not like you got to suffer all the time, right? I mean, there's, there's a certain part, of course, we all don't want to be masochists, but when you, when you, when you struggle and you push the limit of your tolerance, then you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Then, then your threshold of pain and suffering goes up a little bit. Now there's times where you completely collapse and you can't, you know, handle it. And that's when you need a team and your tribe and, you know, to support yourself, which I'm sure if you 100%. absolutely hit rock bottom, I'm sure your mom and dad would be like, okay, you know, come on. There's some ramen for you. Here's some ramen, you know, let's take a break and figure out what the hell you really need to do. With it. I mean, I always had that with my parents. I mean, the desire to not do that was really, really strong to not go back home. But I mean, that's what a tribe's all about. That's what people that love you all are about. That's what that support network of community of entrepreneurs where, you know, we got each other's back, right? Because that's important because mm-hmm. this job is I, a hard job, right? I also, there's, I think we've kind of conditioned as a society where I don't think the bigger problem is getting through the bottom. The bigger problem is once you start to go up and you start Mm. to get success, whether that's Mm. athletic success or financial success or whatever, you lose sight of the bottom. Mm. You forget what the bottom looks like. So in stoicism, uh, what is it? Like, like once a month, you're supposed to wear the cheapest fare or basically like once a month, you're supposed to wear terrible clothes. Yeah. You're supposed to eat the cheapest food. You're supposed to like sleep on the floor with yeah. like just a no pillow. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to go. I mean, everybody's got different extremes, yeah. but, yeah. but in stoicism, they talk about this kind of like pushing your limit and reminding yourself of, you know, I can get through the badness there's where a particular story that I remember with stoicism is, and I don't remember, it might be Marcus Aurelius. I don't remember who it is, but uh, for, for those of you who don't know, like this, this he, he was one of the emperors, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, so no matter we'll who it check. was, we'll fact check, that. fact check me after this. <laughs> I'm going to butcher the story, but, but the story that I took away from it was you have the, you know, this emperor, which back then, yeah, and th- these people were gods. Yeah, like they could they could walk out onto the street, murder somebody, and yep. nobody would question them. They were worshipped like gods. And like once a month, he would sneak out of the pa- palace or whatever they called it, <clears throat> and like live with the poor, live with for like just one night or whatever, live with the poor, eat their food, live on the street, sleep on the street to condition yourself to one feel gratitude how lucky you are how lucky you have it and just be like i could lose it all and i could still get through it yeah Yeah. so whenever you you people can go through struggle your mercedes might get repoed or you might not be able to eat organic foods and you might need to go to ramen noodles like conditioning (laughs) yourself that like i can survive that yeah is a very, very, very powerful tool. And, and as I, I've seen a lot of people where they, they start to get success and they forget that. So that then whenever maybe things start to slide a little bit, they panic. Mm-hmm. 
because like, I wouldn't be able to survive off of ramen, but it's like you did once or yeah. I guarantee you, you could. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's probably the bigger, most people can be conditioned to handle the struggles when they're starting out, but it's, it's, it's really whenever you start to get success that you lose sight of the bottom. Yeah. Well, Dylan, I think that's a great, great place to end. I really, really appreciate your time and it's great to get to know you such a insightful discussion. <laughs> I wish I was more, I could articulate the, the whole stoic experience a little better, but, uh, but I hope I, I hope that helps. Oh yeah. People. yeah. I mean, you've got time, my friend, you've got time. So, <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the entrepreneur ethos podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com